The following presentation has been brought to you by HSF Productions. Making their way to the studio, representing the wrestling capital of the world, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, your hosts of the Impromptu Wrestling Podcast, Tally and Damien. Hey guys, welcome back to the IWP, the Impromptu Wrestling Podcast. We are your hosts, I'm Tally006. Over to my right this week is my brother Damien. How's it going this week? Uh, this this was a great week. My last week of work before vacation, so I'm officially officially done work. And uh, this is a special podcast, is it not? It's it's special for a few reasons, I suppose. Oh, I only know of one. But <laughs> <laughs> what's your reason? <laughs> oh, I I think this is the first podcast we've done since the very first one that we we're actually in the same room. This is the, no, we've done one. We did one video. Remember you brought your webcam when we were still doing the YouTube video. Oh, right. You brought your webcam. You sat here and stared at this wall. <laughs> like we weren't sitting in the same room. We tried to make it look as normal as possible. So yeah, this is out of, this is episode 68 of IWP. This is only the second time we've been in the same room. And then the one or the one or two episodes of Keeping It Kayfabe, the pilots of the uh, original idea of the podcast. So, yeah, this is a pretty big moment. Um, I thought you were going to be bringing up uh, because it's uh, someone's birthday tomorrow. And I'm still having nightmares from last year <laughs> when you came down to visit for my birthday. That's exactly the episode we did it. No, no, we filmed that before. <laughs> Got to keep it gay, babe. Right. I've been drinking since five o'clock <laughs> and it's almost midnight. So this is going to be a fun one. Uh, we have a, we have a pretty big show. Uh, before we get into the wrestling though, we need to talk. Do, do we talk about it? Do, do we need to bring it up? Uh, I feel like it's a journalistic responsibility to talk about Sunday and Monday night and uh, the downfall of the Winnipeg Jets. All right. If we have to, let's talk about it. <laughs> I mean, we brought it up. I mean, we've been talking about it for the last few weeks. Jets were in the second round against the Montreal Canadiens as as we left you last week. Shifley out on the suspension We've talked about that. Stastny comes back for, for games uh, two, three, and four, but doesn't really make a difference. And uh, the sweepers get swept. What are your... Uh, you've had a, six days to reflect on it. How, how are you feeling? I mean, they just didn't play well. Um, I'm not going to blame it on Shifley being out, although that did seem to deflate them. I think, if anything, it was DeMello. The Mellow's injury, the defense just wasn't there. They seemed tired. Montreal played better. It's just all there is to it. They didn't have the um, the hunger or the drive that they showed against Edmonton. I think a lot of people were expecting Winnipeg to win, and they were like, this is a foregone conclusion. They just took out 
arguably one of the better teams in in the NHL in four games and you know Montreal just scraped in to the fourth slot and stuff like that and it was all done and I think it might have went to their heads a little bit but unfortunately the Jets are out do you have a team you're rooting for where we're, the semifinals are set we got Vegas upsetting you could argue upsetting Colorado They'll be taking on the Montreal Canadiens, and then we have the Islanders and the Lightning in the uh, in the East, I guess you would call it. But what are your thoughts? I mean, Canada needs the cup. We need the cup back here. It's been way too long. So I'll be rooting for Montreal for sure. But if I was to lay money down, I would put it on Tampa Bay. They look absolutely unstoppable. Interesting, interesting. Um, I mean, there's a part of me who wants Canada to bring the cup back, but there's a bigger part of me that just tries to root for the hometown guys. And we got two hometown guys on the New York Islanders being a former Stanley Cup champion uh, or already Stanley Cup. How would you even say that? We got Barry Trotz, head coach of the Islanders, won the Stanley Cup with Washington a few years ago. And then we have the young defensive star in Ryan Pulak from Grandview, just 45 minutes away. So I'm kind of pulling for the Islanders. I know that'll make a couple of my uh, high school buddies they are diehard Islanders fans. I don't understand why, but I'll cheer for the hometown guys. Um, in other sports news, uh. Just earlier today, as we're recording this, uh, the 2020 Euros have begun. We mentioned it a little bit uh, last week, and the first match went today, and it involved our, I mean, I want to say hometown, but, uh, you know, our chosen country to support Italy was taken on Turkey. You didn't get a chance to watch the game, but you know the result, the, the boys in blue, win three nothing what are your thoughts on italy making a statement in their first game in the euros their first you know their return to you know um major tournament contention i mean a three nothing win for italy is it's almost unheard of (laughs) like because usually they get up one goal and then and then just kind of waste time for the for the rest. I'm not going to get too hyped up because they were playing Turkey, which uh, in in the past has not you know produced a, a team that was you know going to be a powerhouse or anything. So um, I, I think the real challenge for Italy will be coming out of this uh, first first round. Right, once they get to the the round of 16. Some interesting stats that I learned um, during the the duration of the broadcast today. um, It should be noted that, I mean, I know we talked about we weren't ever going to bring this up again, but Italy missed the 2018 World Cup. It's the first time missing the World Cup since the, like, 30s or something, something crazy like that. So they're back. They changed coaches. They changed managers. They have a whole new outlook on what it is to play football in, in the international in in the international scene. 
And since changing coaches, they've they're unbeaten in the last 27 games, now 28. They haven't been scored on in the last nine, including today's game. Now, that might not sound remarkable to our North American fans, but you know, for those few that uh, I know listen from uh, you know across the pond and stuff like that, like you got to understand that's that's wild, that's unheard of, even in soccer, uh, you know, or football being a low scoring sport. So I don't know. This is a new Italy. This is an Italy that I have never witnessed before. Have you uh, have you ever witnessed a, an an Ital- Italian side? that has produced that kind of dominance? I don't think so. And and I'm wondering if it's because it kind of seems like they went a little younger with this team instead of taking the the vets to the international tournament. They kind of went a little bit younger, and I think it's going to turn out well for them. Yeah, the only recognizable name that I recognize from the last, you know, 20 years is Kileni. Kilaney. I said that weird, but you guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, he is a veteran of the team. He's the captain. Uh, no more Buffon. That's weird. It felt weird. I bet. I bet. Mind you, I don't even know the Italian goalie's name right now because he didn't face a single shot on net. I don't think this whole game. So, uh, hopefully, Hopefully I don't have to learn his name, (laughs) but uh, things are looking good for Italy. Let's uh, quickly just touch on the group of death. Uh, There's always a group of death in these uh, major FIFA tournaments. And this, this year is no different group F in the euros contains, contains current world champion France, the current Euro champions or defending Euro champions in Portugal, as well as international powerhouses, Germany and, uh, you know, Hungary rounding it out is no slouch themselves with the Euro format, because there's only 24 teams instead of the 32, the top two teams of each group make it through. And then the four best third place teams will also make it through. Are you expecting, who are you expecting coming out of this group? Do you think? Um, definitely Germany for sure. Um, uh, I would never, you know, very rarely bet against a, a German team. Um, I think if there's going to be an upset, I think it'll be Portugal. I, I think after winning the last one, I, I think, uh, they're going to have, I don't know. I don't even know how to word it. They're 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 going to be overconfident. I think. Right. Portugal always seems to show up for the Euros. They're always there at the end. World Cup, biggest choke artists. They're they are the Edmonton Oilers. You know the San Jose Sharks. They could the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Insert analogy here when it comes to the world cup, but when it comes to the euros, you know, for some reason, Ronaldo just, Oh yeah, I play football a little bit, you know, I'll play. (laughs) And, and he just totally takes over the tournament. Um, the, the experts, 
are saying that Germany is going to be the third place team, which I thought was wild, but apparently they haven't had uh, a very good campaign so far. But yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. How do you how do you put money against Germany? They're they're the best. They they are one of the best in the in the world. So I don't know. I'm super excited about this tournament and uh, can't wait to watch some some football all summer. I, I missed it. We missed it last year. This tournament was supposed to happen last year. So. Super excited to to get back into that summer. Summer's not the same without without football on TV. So right. super exciting. Let's get into the wrestling. We bored you enough. Corey, come back. We we miss you, but <laughs> <laughs> uh we have some huge news coming out of Japan. We got some breaking K Fabe, some title changes, uh retirement announcements, and uh and of course the uh impact wrestling this week. Uh, before we get into Friday Night Dynamite. So without any further ado, let's get right into the wrestling news. Last Saturday, I believe it was last Saturday. It's hard to tell with uh, New Japan because, you know, they're on the other side of the world and the time changes are like 20 hours difference or whatever. But uh, last weekend, Dominion went the New Japan, one of the big big four New Japan shows that they play every year. Um, we reported a couple weeks ago that Will Ospreay had to vacate the title because of injury, uh, which was huge news. We weren't we kind of speculated on what they were gonna do with um with the vacant title. They basically took the two the two big wrestlers that that were gonna be challenging Will Ospreay over the next few months and and kind of gave them a just put them into the big main event and, and the winner was going to get the championship. It was Shingo Takaji versus Okada. I uh, haven't watched the match. Uh, I'm sure it was spectacular. I mean, Okada is just as much of, of a six-star wrestler as Kenny Omega is. But Shingo Takaji gets the win here and is the current, um, you know, as Will Ospreay would say, interim. He tweeted him out, congratulations, but you need to grab a dictionary and check out the word interim, I thought was a was a cool little uh, quote from Will Ospreay. Uh, what do you think of Shingo? We, we, we don't really know this guy, but uh, I guess I guess my question to you is, what do you think of them not putting it on Okada again? I think it's a, it's a good move. Um, you know, there's a reason that we probably haven't heard about this guy. And maybe he hasn't got the push. And winning the title here will give him that push. Well, he'll now become a name right. um, if he holds on to it for a little while. And that um, that spot that that we've seen Okada and Osprey and um, Takaji all in the same ring there. He even in that little spot, he had some character to him and th- there's something about him. I-, I can't wait to check out this match. Yeah. We'll have to probably watch it this week while, while you're, while you're down. So yeah, new IWGP world heavyweight champion in Shingo Takaji. Um, awesome to hear. Let's quickly get into some breaking kayfabe. There was another title change in the professional wrestling world. Serena Deeb was, uh, 
back home, I suppose you could say, in NWA, as they had, um, I can't remember what the big pay-per-view was called, but they had a big show this past weekend, and Serena Deeb drops the title. Um, more so, uh, Camille takes the title away from Serena Deeb. Another match that I've seen highlights from, haven't watched the complete match, but it didn't look like much of a match from the highlights that I saw. It looked like Camille just absolutely wrecked Serena Deeb. Yeah, and that clip package that you sent me, like it's like uh, Deeb didn't have any offense at all. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'd be re- interested to watch that whole match and see kind of what kind of story they they told. But um, I don't know. My question to you is, like, where? what does this mean? Does this mean that Deeb's going to be in AEW a little bit more often now or maybe exclusively? What do you, what do you think? What, have you heard anything? I haven't heard anything specific. I feel like this is a a sign of Serena Deeb fulfilling her con- contractual obligations to AEW a little bit um a little bit heavier, I guess. I guess you could say. Um Camille 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 um she's one of those stars, much like Jade Cargill. I think Jade <clears throat> Jade's going to be a very similar uh, talent as Camille. Like Camille has only been actually wrestling for a very short time. I think she's only like a year, a year or two in. She just started training, um, you know, since the pandemic, I believe she was having her first few matches. Uh, she was, she's a, what is it? Like double IBF you know, bodybuilder. She came from that world. She was literally just arm candy for Nick Aldis for the longest time. Fast forward a couple years and they're both the champions of NWA. This is, it's actually a pretty cool sight to see. I personally like that. Like I'm personally hoping that this was a squash match in a way because it just makes her look even stronger. It, because of Camille's presence, it doesn't really hurt Deeb that much. And for the majority of AEW fans, they probably not even going to be checking out NWA. So I think it, uh, I think Corgan, Billy Corgan would be smart in booking, uh, booking a squash match for this and, and really putting his new star over, over big. Yeah. I mean, it's what Nyla Rose should be, probably. Exactly. Exactly how we were trying to book Nyla Rose in the, in the early days of IWP. Yeah. Um, in other news, Dynamite, this is the third. We just finished watching the third week in a row that Dynamite is on Friday nights because of the NBA playoffs on TNT. The ratings the last few weeks have, uh, have been... Uh, I'm not going to say concerning, but interesting in the fact that since moving to Friday nights and especially the double or nothing, you know, backlash, whatever you want to call it, the, um, what's the word? What's the word I'm thinking of? Hangover. Yeah. The, the, sure. The double or nothing hangover. 
that show only brought in an average of like 483,000 viewers, which is down, you know, from 800, 900,000. You know, we had a couple of million, over a million views. So there's a lot of people, a lot of AEW fans out there that are like, let's get wrestling back on Wednesdays. Like this is this is ridiculous. Like NXT's beating us. <laughs> it is <laughs> kind of the word. I'm I'm not too concerned about it. I feel like I feel like the ratings numbers aren't that important to Tony Khan. He knows the product he has. I think if this was WWE, this might be a little bit alarming that they would be like, oh, we changed nights and it's not working. You know, let's uh and essentially dynamite is becoming two extra hours of wrestling right after two hours of SmackDown. And we all know that, you know, that third hour of professional wrestling in a night is, is it's hard to watch. So I'm not too concerned about it. I think Tony Khan knows what he has and he is probably expecting that the 800,000 are still watching the show they're just not tuning they have better things to do on a friday night but with that being said is this not a telling sign of what rampage is going to have to deal with come august 13th absolutely absolutely i mean there's a lot playing against this this change to friday nights um you know it's summer now uh, people are exploring the outside. Things are opening up from the pandemic. People are going out again, especially in the States. Like you watch these events and um, they're pretty packed. So all that kind of plays against it. I also think the the later time just kind of even really sucks for us. Like having to, to watch wrestling from 9 to 11 um, and then, you know, try to do something with your night after that. So... I much preferred on Wednesdays at the seven o'clock time slot. You you make some dinner, you watch some wrestling, and and then you still have a, a little bit of time to do something in the evening. So, um, yeah, I'm not worried either. I, I think once the playoffs are done, um, we get back to to business and it'll all be good. But yeah, um, I'm sure they must have a plan for Rampage. I. Yeah, I think their intent with Rampage is just it's just going to be a quick chance for a couple of for a few handful of wrestlers that maybe don't get their shots on Dynamite that will have a chance to show their stuff not on YouTube, you know, being Elevation or Dark. And, you know, some of those things where they, they want to tell a little bit more of the story, but, you know, because they only have a two-hour show on Wednesday... Now they have this, you know, relief valve in, in Rampage. I don't think they're expecting to be doing 800, 900,000 views or, or, or ratings numbers. I think if they, if they're pulling in 400 for an hour long show after SmackDown, you know, kind of thing, I think they're going to be more than happy. So I think if there was ever, if there was ever a call to move Dynamite to Fridays permanently, there would be a little bit of a fight back from AEW, I think. Right. I wonder if it's going to be a show similar to WWE main event 
Like right. that seemed like a sort of throwaway show. A lot of it's recap from, you know, what happened earlier in the week with a, a couple of dark matches basically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with rampage, but, uh, and then the last piece of uh, breaking kayfabe news here <laughs> coming fresh off of our, I'll say harsh critique. It was, it was valid, but it was harsh critique of Lilo rush. The, the poor little fellers retiring. I didn't, I didn't mean my words to cut you so deep there, bud, but you don't have to retire. Shit. I feel bad. Oh, I, I totally feel bad too. I, I mean, I, I guess it depends. Like, was this decision made after, or was this always the plan? And, and Tony kind of gave him his, this is the way you get to go out kind of on your own terms kind of thing. Um, and if it was the latter, then yeah, I feel totally bad because <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, we kind of destroyed that. But, um, I mean, I don't know much about his career, but it was nice to get to know you and have a great uh, <laughs> retirement and all the best to you in the future there. Yeah. Good good luck with your future endeavors. Isn't that the line? Yeah. No, uh, Lilo was apparently injured. He blew out his knee. Um, he, the whole thing, the, the story I'm hearing of, of his double or nothing appearance has a lot to do with the rumors and speculations that New Japan are in talks with WWE about an exclusive deal because Leo had recently signed a, a, a deal with New Japan to have so many appearances for the company. And this was New Japan's way of saying, we're not in bed with WWE. We're not going to be in bed. We're letting one of our contracted wrestlers appear on AEW. We're working with AEW, not the vanilla brand. Unfortunately, he gets hurt. Um, he has, from, from stories I've heard, he's struggled with his family life, being a, a wrestler on the road and stuff like that. And he's he's taking this injury as a sign that maybe I can't, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he is seeing the fact that if he's hurt, he can't be on the road working, bringing in money for his family. Family comes first. Maybe it's time to step out of the ring. Maybe not out of the business, but out, out of the ring at least. So, yeah, it, it, it's funny. It's funny to us to think that we had something to do with it just because of the timing. It, it, it's, it looked really bad on our part. But, uh, I mean, yeah, we wish you all the best, Lilo. Get healthy. Apparently, he's going to finish off his, his dates once he's healthy with new Japan and apparently that'll be it. But with that being said, let's, uh, let's catch up with impact wrestling this week. So we were to I was totally supposed to pull this up on YouTube for you before we started the podcast. But, uh, we, we talked about last week, how Sammy Callahan beats moose in a one-on-one -on -one match on impact, he's claiming to have a spot in this uh, world championship match come tomorrow night as we're recording tonight, as you guys are listening to this at against all odds, 
Don Callis comes out fighting the fact he doesn't want his champion, his boy Kenny Omega, to be involved in another triple threat match. Uh, he's claiming that Tony Khan has Sammy Callahan on the blacklist and that he can't work with any AEW talent and all this stuff. So the arrangement was is that they were going to have a summit. And it's funny because we were talking about last week how Jericho's done it all. He's done a town hall. He's done, he's done a meeting. He's done a debate. What else is there left to do? We forgot a fucking summit. Oh, geez. <laughs> My bad. Right. So, so yeah, I happened to catch this on YouTube. It, it was pretty interesting. Uh, this is the first time, you know, Tony Khan was doing his little paid ads and he was coming out to, you know, sit ringside on impact. And he's even done a backstage kind of bit, but this is the first time we're seeing Tony Khan out in the ring as a character. He is officially a character in a wrestling storyline, which I think is is neat. I, I, I'm hoping I'm hoping he's having fun with it, but we all know Tony Khan and his abilities to ramble, and they were very much highlighted as he stands in the ring next to Scott Demore and Don Callis, two of uh, some of the better microphone talkers in the wrestling business. So he was a little outclassed out there. Um, but the, the census of the whole, you know, the conclusion of the whole summit is that Saturday night against all odds, it's going to be Kenny Omega versus Moose one-on-one. -on -one. Sammy Callahan will not be, Involved, he will not be there to mess this matchup. And the interesting part is that Sammy Callahan has a match at Against All Odds. I can't remember against who. I want to say it's going to be Josh Alexander for the X Division. I feel like that's what I heard, but that's happening in Nashville. Kenny Omega versus Moose is happening at Daly's Place in Jacksonville. Hearing that before we move on with the, we'll say we'll say the shocker of what happened at the end of the summit. What are your thoughts on Moose and Kenny one on one, no Sammy involved, but happening in Daly's place on an Impact pay per view? Yeah, that's it. That's really interesting to hear. And like, is it going to be live or is it going to be recorded? And you know, if it's recorded, then I think they can do things with that, especially with the whole Sammy Callahan, Sammy Callahan uh, entrance with the glitch and and all that kind of stuff. Like I, I think he could be a part of this match somehow, uh, do a little bit of a, an invasion, and uh, that that'd be really cool. I f I feel like we've seen on WCW back in the day where there were like simulcasts from like two different arenas across the country. And, you know, there was a, someone wrestles a match first on the show in one city and then jumps on a private jet and arrives in the next city to, you know, to wrestle in the main event on, on the other city. Nashville and Jacksonville aren't that far away from each other. When you really think about the geography of the United States, um, Chris Jericho showed up in Chicago at all in jumped on a jumped on a plane and and flew to 
Kansas City, I think. Again, not terribly far away, but I mean, it's still a, it's still a little ways and puts on a Fozzie concert. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, especially if these shows are, are being pre-recorded in any way, even if Against All Odds is, is recorded on a Friday night, you know, and then he has all day to get to, to Jacksonville. Interesting, interesting options Impact has with the, with the chess pieces in place. Near the end of the summit, it's Scott Demore who lays the uh, the coup de gras, I guess you could say. Sorry, Corey Graves, uh, coup coup <laughs> coup de grass, idiot. Um, that yes, Kenny Omega versus Moose live from Daly's place against all odds, but the winner will defend the Impact and TNA. World Championships at Slammiversary July 17th against Sammy Callahan. So Sammy is getting his title shot. He just doesn't necessarily know who it's going to be against. What are your thoughts on that development? Does does Sammy be patient and and you know abide his time or does he or do you think he'll still get involved in this match somehow? Yeah, I mean, with that information, you would think that we're, we're probably not going to see any sort of interference because why would you if you're going to, you know, get your shot anyways? A- unless it was, I mean, we have to think here that Moose is not winning this. Probably right? not. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going to be Kenny. Um, so, you know, unless there's some sort of angle where maybe he didn't want it to be Kenny, that he wanted to face Moose still, I think if there is a, some sort of interrupt, it's not going to do anything. (laughs) Kenny's still gonna, still gonna win it. And, um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see, uh, them at Slammiversary. Uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to that match already now that you've, now that you've said it and um and uh where Daniel Bryan fits in there, I'm just not sure. <laughs> yeah, good call, good call. Um yeah, if 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 I if I were playing it, this is funny because we talked about this last week and how we didn't think the the triple threat, you know, it's a good idea, but we kind of just saw it. The better idea is to hold it off to like we literally said, let's have Kenny and Sammy later on, probably at some Slammiversary. Again, someone's taking our ideas uh, and, and running with it, but just fine, whatever. But if I'm playing Booker here, you have your straight-up one-on-one match, Kenny and Moose. It's going to be a hard physical match. Moose is a tr- tremendous athlete. That's my Don Callis uh, impression. <laughs> right, right. And... uh you know, Kenny wins. He's going to win clean. Maybe maybe a little dirty, but it, it, it's basically going to be a, a clean one, two, three. And Sammy's going to come on the video screen in Daly's place. He'll cut his promo. And like I said, if I'm booking, there's the glitch. And Sammy's in the ring behind Kenny, looking up at the screen. and baseball bat to the gut complete beat down and against all odds goes off the air with 
the Impact Champion, AEW Champion, AAA Champion, laying on the ground with Sammy above him. I think that just our story's going this way, and it just that's what gets us going the the next direction. That's that's the exit. I, I think that they need to take. I think it'd be really cool, really cool visual. Right, right. Yeah, I know. I love that. Um, did they say the reason for the match being at Daly's place? It was just t- Tony Khan's compromise, I guess, is is what it was. It was to help keep Sammy. That was his idea to help keep Sammy out of this match. It was kind of the way the way it was put. Um, I I. I when we watch it after the after the show, you'll you'll see it, it's really the only reason why Tony's there, right? You know, they made it seem like this was going to be like a like a G one summit with you know all the world United Nations all arguing over something and trying to reach a compromise. This was really just Scott Demore had this idea. Tony Khan agreed with Scott, but wanted to add this onto it, and then Don Callis thought they were both carnies basically is how the whole promo goes so tony khan's really only presence there was to say this is happening at daily's place so sammy's definitely gonna be there (laughs) if the whole reason was for him not to be there then he exactly there exactly and that and that's how i that's how i would book it for sure but uh yeah interesting stuff i'm super excited for against all odds um i can't wait to uh i can't wait to watch that and see how it all goes down um while I was talking about uh, against all odds there, it made me remind that um, NWA is going to be pre- presenting an all women's pay-per-view that will involve women's wrestlers from multiple promotions. And they're going to be putting this on in the fall. I think it's going to be like October or November, but uh, Billy Corgan during the, um, during the NWA uh, pay-per-view that we just saw a couple a couple days ago or, or this last weekend, he announced with Mickey James. He had Mickey James by his side to help announce this. So it's interesting because we've seen Mickey James teased in this Slammiversary trailer, but here she appears on NWA in amongst an announcement where, you know, Multiple promotions are going to be a part of this all women's pay per view. What are your thoughts on on this? I mean, I think it's a fantastic idea, and it's a, it's about time that that we have this kind of thing. And um, I can't wait to hear the card, and uh, you know, to to see you know all these promotions. And I mean, obviously WWE has to to put their women to this as well because you know we just heard this week that <laughs> they have the top women's wrestlers in the entire world so i mean if there's going to be that kind of event then i'm sure they're there no you, you really believe that? no i don't believe <laughs> that but um i i think we should maybe just touch on this whole triple h yeah talking out his arsehole Triple H this week mentioned on, um, it was during an interview. I can't remember what the publication was, but he basically says, if you want to wrestle with the top women in the, in the business, then you got to come here, uh, being WWE because we have the best women's wrestlers in the world. Um, I'm not going to argue that they have some of the top talent 
some of the top talent, but the best, the best place for women's wrestling. I, I, I think you guys have proved time and time again that you don't look at women's wrestling the same way that other promotions do. Yeah. So that's a really bold comment coming from Triple H. Right. I mean, I get where he's coming from. He's trying to put his girls over or his women over, which is the right thing to do, but history tells us different. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked on the podcast before how the WWE women's division, like their, their wrestlers are really good. And they, I don't even know how to say without, you know, probably offending a billion people, but, um, he, I don't think Triple H is far off on, on saying that, you know, they, they have some really top, top women there, but I mean, other promotions also have some top divisions as well. Um, you know, we're we're pretty honest on this in this podcast about AEW and AEW's not there yet. Um, they're still working on their women's division, and 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 I think it's really gonna heat up now that Britt Baker's the champion. So, um, yeah, this uh this pay per view is is gonna be an interesting one. Um, I'm sure we'll definitely check it out and. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, are, are, is Triple H trying to get some of these top people to come over to WWE to build this? Is this is is are they scared about Britt Baker getting the championship? Because like, I wonder, it's it's coincidental that she gets the title, and now we're hearing all of these comments right. over here. Do they recognize the talent of Britt Baker and go, hmm? Maybe we gotta, you know, do something about this. Uh, they're they're talking too much about double B, right? It's an interesting point. If that is, they definitely didn't watch the burger segment <laughs> because they would probably like, ah, we don't need to worry about it if they saw that segment. Right, right, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that's an interesting point. I gotta feel like Britt Baker is going to be a part of this pay-per-view this nwa event she has to be yeah you would think it would be a good it would be a good spot to to have a blow off with thunder rosa you know because thunder has ties with nwa former nwa women's championship and you know she's i mean arguably next in line for the aew title shot so I think that'd be an interesting place to to have that. I don't know if Tony would let that happen, but uh, yet to be seen. All right, that was our bonus segment of Scoop of Vanilla. Let's get right into Friday Night Dynamite. Wow, it's been a while since we've been 44 minutes in to a podcast and we're just getting into dynamite yeah i mean <laughs> well we got a we got a a sports segment now that yeah. we, we do at the <laughs> beginning of the podcast so uh, that's for sure friday night dynamite 
June 11th, 2021, live from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, we literally just finished watching this a couple hours or an hour ago. Um, I, f- I didn't feel like this was up to dynamite standards, which makes this three weeks in a row. I don't know if this has anything to do with Friday, you know, being Friday night. Am I just not in the mood to watch wrestling? On Friday night, I'm I'm more in the mood to talk about wrestling on Friday nights, not watch it. I don't know if that's, you know, if I if I'm seeing it through a filter that uh, that I maybe don't watch it through on Wednesdays, but this just wasn't entertaining. Yes, shocking. No, you know, spectacular. No, it's not blowing me out of my seat. Uh, I think I caught my eyes closed for a little while there. I don't know if you did, but <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, it was a slow drawn out show. Yeah. I, I really feel like it's the nine o'clock. If this is Friday at seven o'clock, I think it might be a different story. Cause, uh, you know, we're midnight doing the podcast now and, uh, I'll just take this little second to say happy birthday, man. Oh, it's my birthday. Don't kick me, please. <laughs> For those who know, you know. Um, Matt Hardy starts off the show as he's got uh, Jack Evans <laughs> and then Helico beside him. We need, to, uh, we need to address the elephant in the room. All right. Last week, as we were talking about the Mark Scheibel, now we're back into sports already. I made the mistake of referring to the Montreal Canadiens player as Jack Evans. That was my bad because Jack is part of TH2 on AEW. His name is Jake Evans. I'm sorry. Sorry I didn't learn the fourth liner that just showed up, you know, in, in, the, in the league a couple months ago. Get off my back. And um, I was just listening to, to you. Right. <laughs> so I just copied said Jack yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, Christian Cage. Um, taking on Angelico, Matt Hardy, again, in the ring, starting the show off, basically just cutting promo saying he's, excuse me, that he's, uh, you know, coaching, uh, TH2 and they're going to take, uh, they're going to take Christian out for him. But, uh, this was, um, I mean, this was a solid Christian cage match. I think Christian would have worked better with, uh, Jack here. Um, but Angelico, Proved to be uh, an interesting opponent for him. It was an interesting match to watch uh, as a kickoff. It's probably not as exciting as some of the kickoff matches we've seen in the last, you know, month, month and a half. But, I mean, satisfactory. Yeah, I mean, this could be one of the slowest matches Angelico's ever been in in AEW. Um, But, yeah, it it wasn't bad, but it it wasn't great. It didn't get me, you know, pumped up for the show. It's... It's not like seeing, you know, maybe the Young Bucks in the very first uh, match of the night. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it, it, I think I think they start off with it because it's the name. It's Christian. Right. Um, he's a big deal. And um, I, I, I mean, tell me what you're thinking about this. It looks like we have a Christian Matt Hardy program starting. Um, where do you think this is going to go? And, and and what do you think about them kind of 
getting to this point already. I feel like this is maybe something we get into a year down the road or whatnot, but you know, we're kicking it off right now. Yeah. It's interesting the way Christian comes in and a lot of his promos and, and backstage interviews and stuff were all about, he's here for the championship. He's here to win championships. He's not here to put guys over. And I mean, his biggest spot so far was putting Jungle Boy over in the Battle Royal. But that's a different story. But yeah, going right into him eliminating Matt Hardy. Um, you know, and then Matt Hardy answering back on Dynamite last week with the twist of fate on the ramp. And then again tonight. I I'm shocked that it's happening this soon. But if they had waited any longer, I think they might have received some backlash from the marks. And we're talking about the, like, marks. Like, we're marks because we like wrestling, but the marks who live wrestling, this is their life. It's real. You know, they're the ones who wanted to see Christian and Matt and were on the Twitterverse. Like, why haven't we seen Christian versus Matt yet? How have I not seen that yet? Well, go on the Vanilla Brand Network on Peacock and watch it from... (laughs) 1999 to 2005 like where have you been we've all seen it already we you know what i mean so i I, i'm with you i i think personally i would have i would have liked to see this down the road but it is what it is i've (laughs) i'm hoping it'll be good but i think this is one of those storylines where i'm like we'll see what happens but i'm not I'm not putting a lot of, I'm not investing a lot into this one. Yeah. And I don't know, is that just because of, we'll say the, the unfortunate time that Matt Hardy's had at AW, you know, just starts pandemic has to change his gimmick. I feel like we've seen 14 different versions of Matt Hardy already. And um, and now we're going into this one. I think it might be too early. I think, I think it might not come off the way those marks who still live with their mom um, <laughs> want to see it. Right? Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, Matt Hardy hits a twist of fate on Christian after the match, and Jungle Boy comes out with the save about three seconds after I say, "Here comes Jungle Boy." Uh. I mean, I I called it, I like it, but Jungle Boy's got his own business to take care of in the, in the next couple of weeks. Why are we still seeing him tied to this storyline? You had your tag team match with Christian the week before against Private Party. Why why are you still? I don't know. I I feel like Jungle Boy has bigger and better things to be worrying about than Christian Cage. Yeah, and and maybe that's why I didn't like because before you called it, I said, "Oh, oh, I wonder who's going to come out here." And then the way you said it was kind of like, "That's a dumb question." Like, of course it's going to (laughs) be Jungle Jungle Boy. Boy. And then I immediately felt like, "Yeah, that was a dumb question. Why (laughs) wouldn't it be Jungle Boy?" But yeah, he's kind of he's doing the thing with Kenny Omega, so. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's interesting. It's it's so obvious that it sh- it like and it, it had happened. 
you know, so like it, it all makes sense, but there's just a part of me who thinks like, I don't know. I can't say it any better. He's got bigger and better things to be worrying about than, than Christian Cage. Uh, from there, we see Tony Schiavone in the ring. He's going to be interviewing Cody and his uh, tag team partner for next week as it's announced that Brock Anderson, son of Arn Anderson, will be making his AEW debut as he tags with Cody to take on QT Marshall and Aaron Solo. Um, classic Tony Schiavone interview here where Cody begins to, uh, you know, begins to to partake in the interview only to be interrupted shortly thereafter by uh you know by qt um this whole thing was awkward because everybody's placement in the ring this looked really bad this looked very amateur you know what i mean like it's Like, are you talking specifically because the camera guy kept on having to shuffle over so he could get the view of QT Marshall between Arn and, and Brock? Yeah. yeah, there was a there was a weird moment where is Arn the back of Arn's head perfectly melted into the front of QT's head, and it was just one giant bald head. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, and then production trucks. You know, we've we've been harsh on the production truck a lot on this podcast. You know, they're still learning. They're only a couple years in. They did their best to make this. They kept cutting tight shots of Cody. Uh, they tried to do the, you know, the, the pulled back hard camera, but then everybody was kind of, you know, just too small in the ring. And again, even when you're pulled back that far, all you see is the back of Arn Anderson and, and Cody. It, it looked weird. I don't know what they were thinking, and I don't know why, you know, Tony's got an earpiece in. How is he not getting relayed a message and, you know, shooting a hand signal to, to Arn or something to, you know, shuffle out of the shot? It, it was just bad. I'm sure, I'm sure what was being said, which honestly, two hours later, I don't even remember. Because all I can think about is how badly it was shot. Yeah. I'm sure it was good, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it did get a little bit weird, at least for me. Or maybe I didn't follow it well enough. But um, we have this match confirmed involving, you know, the son of Arn Anderson. And then QT is saying he he wants... A strap match, a right. South Beach strap match. Yeah, because they're like going to be that's in something, Miami. Yeah, something different than a regular strap match. So, like, are we getting this tag team match, or is it a strap match, or was the whole strap match thing just to set up for the end, which was executed not the greatest? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> the strap matches is, is is a funny concept because we literally talked about last week after the bull rope match how well we are we had already seen a bull rope match before we saw the dog collar match now we're getting a strap match um 
And then the week before that, we were talking about like, is AEW getting out of hand with these gimmick matches? And we we're like, yeah, they are kind of, but they didn't, they, they must not have listened to that part of the show because yeah, here we go again. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. We're definitely getting that tag team match, but I'm not sure when that Miami, when that Miami show is going to be. I, th- I think that. Did that, they say July? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's in a while. Oh, okay. Because they're, they're heading back on the road. AEW is heading back on the road. Their welcome back tour starts off with Charlotte, North Carolina. North Carolina. Forgot to say it like that. So that's like July 7th. So Miami might be the next show after that. So we're probably a month away from this strap match. Which begs the question, why did we need to make that up now? You know, and, and totally shit on this. Like, I feel bad for Brock here. For one, for one, Tony teases that it's going to be Brock Lesnar, the way he stalled on Brock. He even kind of Heymaned it a little bit. He's like, Brock Anderson. It's like, ah. So he, already it's just like, who's this guy? Why aren't we getting the, the big red tomato? Um, I <laughs> uh, tried to say that with a straight face as hard as I can, and then and then you know his big debut match is getting overshadowed by you know this uh, this feud between his two instructors. So yeah, I don't know. I I think this is poor. Somebody said, "Hey, this is my idea." Hey, that's a really good idea. Let's let's get started on that without thinking about the consequences and. You know, that's a good idea, but let's get through this first and we'll use, we'll use step one to bleed in to, to, to get to step four, but really they're just jumping to step four with this one. I mean, I, I'm thinking this, the idea was this is now creating some heat between QT and Brock because QT ultimately takes off his belt and hits Papa Anderson. Right. And then we get, uh, you know, was it the camera angle? Was it the, uh, the leather woven slippers <laughs> that Brock was wearing? <laughs> like, why did this beat down from Brock look weird? I, I guess you're looking for a more sophisticated answer than inexperience. Um, I watched, I watched Brock in the nightmare factory showcase looked fine, but like these were, these were literally wrestlers first matches ever. And they looked like first matches ever fast forward. What has it been four months? And now he's on dynamite. I mean, this has EVP written all over it. And the fact that this of him, I don't even want to say he, he jumped him. I don't even want to say he tackled him. I don't even want to say he took him down. He walked toward QT. QT laid down. And then he proceeded to, you know, get full mount and, 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 feed some punches to him. I didn't even want to say feed punches. It looked bad. I don't second generation wrestlers always get 
benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But I don't have high hopes for what Brock can do here. I mean, it's a good angle to go with, with the nepotism and, and whatnot. Right. But, um, I mean, if I was Brock, man, this is not how I would want it. And, and we, we've heard this from a lot of second, third generation wrestlers that they didn't want to make it on their name. They wanted to make it on their ability. So I, I hope that they're just doing this for story angle that Cody is, you know, using his EVP powers for not always good. And and then this will take it to, you know, Brandy, Brandy having the baby, and then we won't see Cody for a while. And and I think the only thing that really saves Brock at this point is if he joins QT. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually really good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so after this match or whatever, or maybe even during the match, maybe that's how it goes. Brock turns on them. Yeah. And then Arn's like, baby boy, <laughs> what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> I told you I never wanted to be you. <laughs> and the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. <laughs> uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't have a lot of high hopes to where this Cody QT story's going, but we'll see. We'll see if they surprise us. Uh, moving on, we get into the next matchup of the night, probably the highlight of the night for me. Uh, Pack and Penta and Eddie Kingston taking on the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. Um, notice noticeable or noteworthy, uh, piece of information here is that Justin Roberts announces this as a as a trio tag team match where we haven't really heard that yet. It's always been six man tag um or something along those lines. It has been rumored that Cody is getting ready to reveal the trios tag team championships into AEW something ROH has, something New Japan has which we never see in New Japan. But I know they have those titles. But it's definitely a big part of um a big part of ROH. So it's interesting that all of a sudden we're catching this that it's a trios tag team match. So I think they're they're starting to lay the groundwork and, and I like that. Uh Don Callis on commentary for this one. This was just another fun match. The Young Bucks uh with their he- their their new heel characters taking it over the top just absolutely driving it home uh that they're heels like there's no doubt about it anymore uh in the in the beginning since the very first instance of that hand gesture uh if you guys remember that there's been a lot of doubt if they are full heel or not they're full heel now and the way they're acting in the ring is, is just backing that up i absolutely love it these the young bucks are so fun to watch right now yeah, absolutely. And um and then we also have another kind of sub story here with this friction between Eddie Kingston and Pac. Right. I, I thought they did a good job on that as well, but um I mean, you're right, like just I I think Nick is really embracing this and going full board with it and I mean, I love it. I love it. You're right. This is probably the best, the best part of the whole night. 
It, it really was. And man, props to Brandon Cutler. Cause he's, he's probably someone who let's call a spade a spade. Brandon is not a top main event star. You can say jobber. <laughs> he's a jobber, <laughs> but he, he's always portrayed himself. He's, I feel like he's up to this point. He's portrayed himself as he takes himself seriously. Like the whole Peter Avalon storyline was great. It was one of the best parts of Dark for for a really long time. The only reason I watched Dark for a really long time. But there was always that sense that at least these guys are taking themselves seriously, even though there is a little bit of comedy behind it. So I feel like Brandon was is the kind of guy who might have been hesitant to play into the Young Bucks overacting and overemphasis of things, but he's taking that ball and running with it. I think he's just, I think he's just happy to be on TNT every week now, but man, was he fun to watch in this match too. Absolutely. And he's like, he's taken this so far to the point that, you know, when he takes a bump, he takes it like he's a manager. Right. If you know what I mean by that. Yeah. Like his falls and everything look like awkward and just, um, like total manager. So yeah, um, he's, he's definitely one of the highlights for me in this match. And, and then, you know, mentioning the trios tag team, could the Bucks hold multi tag team champions with brand color? <laughs> that there's a really interesting, they, they could do something really fun with that where they don't even wear their, trios tag team and brandon's just walking around with all, all three, three belts right. <laughs> uh, and then brandon color just gets shit on for every match but then they they get that late tag in and then just get the win and they they never lose those belts that that could be really fun but no the young bucks brandon color they're killing it right now they're they're the funnest part of AEW to watch right now. That's for sure. There's no doubt about it. Um, side story, you know, you mentioned Eddie Kingston and and the friction with Pac. Uh, there seems to still be some, uh, I don't know, respect and recognition between Penta and Kingston. You know, Penta seems to be the the olive branch between these two. But we did see some moments of them working together you know, near the end of the match, Kingston telling, Hey, no, let's do it together. And then we see the, the stereo topes. Um, as we get into the ending of this match, uh, pretty predictable, uh, finish here as, as a uh, pack gets the pin, the pin on Brandon Cutler after, after Kingston hits him with the uh, back fist, but then young bucks attack and, and, and get one over the good brothers come out. And it's uh, Frankie, the elite hunter, who comes out to help uh, Death Triangle 2.0, I guess you could say. Um, right now, the, the odds are five on four for the, for the elite, if the Good Brothers are being a part of this. Um, not sure how long Ray's going to be out with this injury that he has. Do you think there's... Are we heading to some sort of five on five type gimmick match i i can only assume that's that's where they're headed here oh yeah probably at some point 
that seems like very likely. Yeah, I don't who who if Ray's not around to if Ray's not around to to participate, who who else fits into the mold? I mean, they uh could bring in Laredo Kid. Right. Um th- this is where we might even see someone new come in. Uh maybe somebody who's been around in the indies with these guys since they're all kind of friends. Um, so maybe we get introduced to somebody else. Um, probably not Moxley, but you never know. I, yeah. I Moxley's mean, kind of the one that makes sense, but, but after what you told me about Renee tonight, um, <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This is definitely the, this is the A storyline for sure. You know, the Young Bucks, Pac and, and Death Triangle, Eddie Kingston, Moxley, Kenny Omega. They're really the only reason to be watching Dynamite right now, which is kind of, uh, it's kind of sad to say that every every other aspect of the show is, is kind of falling behind. I'm not saying, I'm, I don't want to say they, they're dropping the ball, but they're definitely falling behind. Yeah. That's tough, but let's move on. Uh, we get our... We get a replay of the triple threat match from Double or Nothing produced by Michael Kurosawa is is the name that we saw up on the screen. And it was in double quotes. Double quotes. <laughs> I this this is totally Michael Nakazawa. Uh, I'm I'm sure. He had his MacBook last week as uh Kenny and Don were in the were in the production truck, right? And you know they did they did this really well, and I really enjoyed this little segment, this little vignette, whatever you want to call it. It's not until you're twenty thirty seconds in that you realize that this is not how the night went at all, and it's very clever edit. Like props to whoever edited this. Michael Kurosawa, you did an amazing job. This looks so good. And then after after you're kind of in on the joke, it's just it's just pure gold. Like this is pure heel gold. I love this spot. I I didn't catch last week when they were talking about like conspiracy theory and how they kind of want Kenny to lose the title. And that was the theme of this is that, you know, this is proving there's a conspiracy and Remsburg's telling, you know, Don, like, I, I hate you and Kenny. Uh, yeah. I think you guys are the worst and, you know, like, um, uh, and all that. So are, 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 I don't know. Do you think that we're headed to maybe some sort of storyline with Tony Khan now that he's, you know, we're, we've seen him in the ring now. It's right. kind of come coming a character. feel like we've seen this in vanilla brand, these conspiracy theories. Right. I don't know, but it, it made a, it, it made a, a really good uh, segment here. I thought that was a very clever. Yeah, no, it was fun. I think, I think if there was ever a time to bridge, the gap for Tony Khan to become a character on dynamite. This is it, you know, as especially since the impact main event is going to be 
on AEW turf, quote unquote. So it's definitely there to be, uh, the opportunity's there. Right, right. We'll see if it happens. This leads to the pinnacle we see just before the commercial break as they show up in a limo and all, all, what is there, like 18 of them now? No, there's like eight, but uh, they all come out of the limo and uh, we go to commercial break. We come back, they come out to the ring and this is uh this is a very inner circle type promo. Like we saw after blood and guts that we saw from inner circle as each member kind of takes their turn uh, taking, you know, taking their stabs at their counterparts within the inner circle. We, we, we kind of saw this the last couple of weeks from inner circle. Um, what did what, what do we really get out of this that uh Dax has a family and Cash doesn't and Spears has no respect for Sammy and Wardlow accepted the challenge like I don't know but besides besides Wardlow accepting Hager's challenge like I get why they're out there but I don't know just the content didn't really do it for me I think I think this is a miss by Pinnacle uh yeah yeah for sure i mean the 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 one last thing that we get out of this is that mgf denies any like any sort of future match i'm guessing or just a match against chris so that one's interesting um i mean it kind of leads me to believe after what we see after this is going to lead to, well, now we're going to have a match because you got to right. kind of come back from that. The The interesting thing of what MGF says is like, yeah, he denies the match with Jericho, but then he calls out Sammy. So now you have MJF and Sean Spears at odds with, with Sammy Guevara. So I thought that was awkward. Although... MJF Sammy makes sense because of the inner circle stuff. We never did get a blow off for that. But if that's the case and then that's the direction that you want to go, why are we hearing from Sean Spears? Did they do that just for our benefit because we're chair God fans? We're Canadian God fans or what? Probably. It just, <laughs> like Thanks, if, there, Tony. if there was ever a time not to hear from Sean Spears, this was it. Why why weren't we hearing him more, you know, leading up to Blood and Guts and, and Stadium Stampede? So, I don't know. It's just, I, it pisses me off because Sean is so good and they just keep setting him up to fail, I feel. That's how I feel. I might be a little biased, though. Uh, as MGF finishes his uh, little catchphrase there, Jericho interrupts and comes onto the big screen and... Uh, Inner Circle basically have the the limo that the boys showed up in hostage, and they uh, they give this car a licking. Holy smokes! It started off really weak, like they're smashing the windshields with sledgehammers, they're popping headlight lenses. But then when Hager comes in, like all all we needed was a nice tight shot of Hager with those sunglasses on, and he had a toothpick in his mouth. All I needed was for him to lick his lips and then we hear Bad to the Bone by George Thorgood come in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. like that's all that was missing from the scene. But he's in a forklift and he just 
literally spears and skewers this limo, lifts it up, tears the sides out. That was a pretty cool visual. So, like, before that, really weak, but they, I think they finished off strong here. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, we can be super critical and say, you know what, Inner Circle's already done this. They did this to, to Sue's van. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right. The, the Hager stuff kind of makes up for it. And then the only kind of weak thing here is once he had the car up, it's almost like he didn't know what to do with it. Right. Um, was he moving it up and down to sh- kind of shake it and bust it up more? It almost looked like he forgot what the controls were and <laughs> didn't right. know what to do. And then it just kind of fell. Yeah. I, I was surprised that once he had the car up in the air, the back end wasn't coming off. Cause like, I mean, I've worked with forklifts before that that's a pretty good forklift that they had there, but it didn't look like one of the bigger ones to where lifting a friggin' limousine, you know, wasn't going to send it off kilter or whatever. But to me, I would have lifted it up like 15 feet in the air and tried to slide it off the forks and let it crash to the ground. I thought, I thought that, I thought that would be a really cool visual, but I think the only thing that, you know, besides the weak start to them beating on this on this car, the only weak thing was Sammy's little last last laugh, his little last line, I think took away it, it was like an exclamation point that didn't need to be there. I don't even remember what I don't even remember what he says, but I know he he gets close into the camera because they all jumped onto the forklift. And then you're like, Where's Sammy? And then all of a sudden it cuts to he's like got the camera by the and he's like, I'm coming after you, MJF, or oh, something yeah, bullshit. Yeah, he's like, I'll fight you anytime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, it right. just, it it took away from the whole thing. Just get on the forklift and flip off the camera. That, and right off into the into the night. That, that would have been way better. You yeah. can say your piece on, you know, on dark or, or whatever. Like, I don't think they use dark and elevation enough to do some of these little promos that right. could be, you know, don't have to jam everything into dynamite uh from there we go darby uh what are they they were just like hanging out backstage or outside or something like that but essentially darby is accepting this challenge that we heard last week from scorpio sky and ethan page and he's telling staying to stay home i'm accepting the this match with you guys but i'm not gonna find i'm not gonna replace sting I'm going to go in a handicap match. I want a handicap match. And Sting's like, dude, you don't need to do this, blah, blah, blah. They have a little spat there. But essentially, Sting's going to stay home. What are your thoughts on this situation? Is it? Well, I think your thoughts are a lot more intelligent than mine. Or were you joking about that when (laughs) after that happened? I I was joking when I said it, but when I heard it come out of my mouth i was like oh man that'd be a pretty good idea (laughs) (laughs) so i I guess to fill you guys in okay sting you know sting's got the black and white face paint on right now it's the sting that we all know and love he stays home but what shows up to help darby is you know old school bash at the beach sting with the with the yellow and the red paint and you know only half of his face is paint and he bleaches his hair blonde again and you know i just thought that would be a like i was literally joking when i said it but yeah when you when you listen to it back i'm like oh shit man that's a that's a loophole if you ever if you ever heard one 
But if Sting was to show up here, is this going to be maybe the demise of this partnership? Because the whole thing with Darby here is he's saying, like, I need to prove to, to, to Sky and Paige that I don't need you to win. Um, if he shows up, it kind of goes against that. Right. Yeah, for sure. You know, when we, when we armchair book, like, like we like to do on IWP, it's easy to, you know, say that kind of stuff where it's just like, oh yeah, it would be cool if Sting, black and white Sting stayed home, but we saw, you know, Bash at the Beach Sting or, or Red and Black Sting or, and it was like a different personality. And that might make more sense for someone like Matt Hardy. But if I'm if I'm like honestly booking, if I have a job at AEW, I think I just let Darby go at this, and you make him look good in the whole situation, but he still ends up losing this. I think that's I almost said best for business, but <laughs> but I think that's what's best for all three characters. Sky and Paige can't lose again, right? They can't. Their their tag team is already on thin ice. But you can't absolutely bury Darby because he is your young star right now. Jungle Boy's getting there, but it's still Darby, I feel. So you can't absolutely kill his character. And he does have that, you know, uh, supernatural kind of... uh, aura of him you know the enigma enigmatic what's that word but you know what I'm saying right so you can't absolutely kill Darby but I think you just let him get beat up create some sympathy with the fans yeah and then I mean it's good for Sky and Paige because yeah just increase their their heat yeah for sure but yeah, there's an argument there for Sting showing up, causing a loss or something, and then Darby lashes out, and then we see Sting versus Darby. There's an argument for that, too. Yeah. Ah, interesting stuff. There's there's lot there's lots to go the on. The marks there. will be crying in their basements. Mommy, <laughs> mommy. I can just picture this black and white paint just running down this little kid's <laughs> cheek. They didn't, they, Darby didn't win again. Boom, boom, bing, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Haven't done that in a while. Uh, next matchup of the night, TNT Championship is on the line. Uh, this was uh, Silver's birthday present from Tony Khan that he gifts to Evil Uno, taking on Miro for the, for the TNT Championship. This was, this was one of those matches that you're like, this this has the potential to be really good, but I'm not putting I'm not investing a lot of hope into it, and then it just kind of surprises you. Um, you forget you forget in all the comedy that is BTE, you know, Dark Order, how good of a wrestler Evil Uno is, and he took a punish punishing you know this was a punishing match for Evil Uno, but he also got a lot of offense in and came out looking really good in this match. Absolutely. And with the uh, video package they had at the, the very beginning of this match, uh, where evil Uno is talking about how Brody 
and him had a really close relationship for a, a number of years. I, I wasn't uh, aware that it was that many years. Like you really feel like he was doing this uh, for Brody, for the Dark Order, and um, you know we we've kind of been waiting for this out of nowhere title change. I feel like this is a moment that it would have worked in. I, I probably wouldn't have put money on it, but I I wouldn't have been upset about it. And I mean, we had uh, some close finishes here, like you say, Evoluno had offense in this so um I, I really enjoyed this match even though there wasn't really anything too spectacular and, and i thought a really good touch for this match was the fact that dark order actually came out and kind of cheerleaded on the outside right. and um you know even negative one was there which was fantastic yeah no that was a really good point there was about halfway through the match I was like, what happened to Dark Order? Did they just leave? And you're like, yeah, they took off to the back. But then they make their way out uh, near the end, and yeah, they're all just lined up on the on the on the stage there, cheering them on. It was a really good visual. Um, Miro proving to be too much though, as he gets the win. And there's a there's a cheeky little moment there where he's looking through the ropes and he's really making eye contact with Negative One, like, haha, I got I got you guys on this one. Uh, I. I you know, we, we we mentioned it a while back. You know, shortly after negative one became a thing, we don't need to get into why, but <laughs> I love I love seeing this kid and him having the time of his life. He 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 may grow up and not want to be a wrestler, but at least he's living his dream while it's something that he that he loves. And that's really cool. Because there's a lot of kids who would want to be a professional wrestler as a, as a kid and then grow up and say, man, I would never want to put my body through that. But at least he's getting to live the dream now. It, it's really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. And, I mean, he doesn't look out of place there. When he's on the sidelines, like, he was reacting just like all the other wrestlers were. And and when uh, Evil Uno was getting the upper hand, like, I like how he was doing the cutthroat, like, you know, this is the time to to end it. Uh, you know he's kind of signaling signaling to uh, Evil Uno. So yeah, I it, I I really enjoyed. It. I I actually couldn't even take my eyes off of uh, Ev- uh, Negative One and the outside of the ring. I, I thought that was a great touch. Let's put this in com- in comparison. Negative One, I think he's nine now. He just had a birthday. He's nine and gets it. And like you said, he doesn't look out of place. He's reacting when he needs to. When he's on commentary, you know, I mean, you get it that he's a little kid, but the the little tidbits that he puts in are like on cue and on time and they make sense. He gets it. And then you compare Nick, former Raw Tag Team Champion with Braun Strowman. That kid was like 14 years old. Looked like he was ready to piss his pants. No offense. But, I mean, it was like an idea. They're like, fuck it, let's do it. It will be funny. But the kid just seemed out of place, unfortunately. Right, right. Like it was too... Well, I mean, that's (laughs) that's the difference, right? Is that Negative One's been around all these wrestlers. He's no longer starstruck. Right. Where that... Piss pants kid, like 
Right. I mean, <laughs> negative one also not performing in front of 80,000 people. True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yet to be seen, right? But no, there's definitely a confidence within negative one. He 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 looks great out there. And, you know, as, uh, as uh, Amanda has said, as long as he keeps his grades up, he can be on dynamite. So that's really cool. Uh, let's keep the show rolling along. We get a, a quick little video package from Andrande. I'm not even going to try it. I'm, I'm eight beers in. I'm not even going to try it. Uh, El Idolo. Idolo. El Idolo. You just have to think of that. Uh, that I makes an E sound. No, I, I get that. It's the L's. <laughs> it's the L's. that There's one too many L's. Yeah. L, because I always want to say Ildolo. That's what comes out. El Ildolo. Oh, okay. El Idolo. El Idolo. And draw, but see, I can say El Idolo. But, but when you put Andrande, <laughs> El Idolo, it's hard. It's tough. I I, I thought I was doing good with the Spanish. <laughs> you until know, that came until out, yeah. that came out. You're but, way better with the Japanese. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'll stick to uh, Yuka Sakazaki. Uh, so this was a cool little package. It was, I mean... What are we getting out of this? He's dressing himself. He's tying his tie. He's putting on these diamond cufflinks and stuff like that. All I can think about is he is going to be the Spanish or Mexican Ric Flair. Yeah, he is absolutely uh, Rico Flero. And, uh... <laughs> Rico. <laughs> Flero. Oh, that's good shit. That, I mean, I... I I think it's it's gonna work out. It's gonna work out. I'm super excited for him. I mean, like I mean, we talked about this last week. I, I I'll try not to spend too much time on this. We really <clears throat> we were really harsh on Andrade when he was calling out his shots. You know, I want out of this company because I'm the cat's ass, and and you know I got things to prove and stuff like that. And it's just like, who the frig are you right now? And we were harsh on it, but he's coming in to AEW. This makes me sound like such a mark, but he's coming in with that confidence and he's looking good. He's looking sharp in that green suit and stuff like that. He just shows up in AAA and says, I want the AAA mega championship. I want Kenny Omega at, at triple mania. And he gets it, and he now he's in AEW, and you know he he's got this, you know, flare esque gimmick. I'm I'm excited. I want him to prove me wrong so bad. I want this character to work. Yeah, I mean, um, if he backs it up, then you know we'll we'll apologize. But up to this point, you haven't proved it yet. So here's your chance. Yeah, for sure. We know he can wrestle. But he spent a lot of his time in vanilla behind Zelina Vega, which was his mouthpiece. Oh, was he with her? Yeah. I hadn't noticed. I only saw her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. So when we were watching Andrade versus Johnny Gargano, five-star match, all you saw was Zelina Vega? I get it. <laughs> No, so yeah, he has every opportunity to 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 prove us wrong, and and I hope he does. I know he can wrestle, but it's going to be everything else. It's going to be the character work because 
Andrande Cien almost was not a great character. It worked in NXT, but we saw how fast it died on the main roster. So El Idolo, is this Spanish for idol? I would assume so. I know this is an this, this is what his entrance music says. Do you remember his entrance music in WWE? No. <laughs> I remember Zelina Vega. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, glass shatter, do you smell what the rock is cooking? Like his was Andrande El Idolo. Holy shit, did you just hear that? That was amazing. <laughs> I'm just gonna say so every, it like that for yeah, now. On. Every time you say it, it's gotta be like his entrance music. <laughs> yeah, but but that was his entrance music. And this is a character, this is a name that he used way before he ever showed up in NXT. When you he would in the early days he'd come out with the luchador mask, right? And right. then he'd rip it off. That luchador mask, we saw it in the video package tonight, uh, of his necklace had that luchador mask on it. That's El Idolo. Okay. So yeah, I don't know. I, I'm excited for Andrande. I, I, I hope he I hope he proves me wrong. Uh Tony Schiavone in the ring with Kenny Omega. They're uh getting to the bottom. Uh we're getting to hear more about this conspiracy theory. It's not long into Don's uh into Don's kind of promo here that uh Jungle Boy comes out and uh they get in a little scrap here. They get in a little, uh, little Donnie Brook, and uh, this is what I want to see from Jungle Boy, not backing up Christian Cage in the first segment, and then you know what I mean. This is this is what Jungle Boy needs to be right now. Yeah. So I I I, I like the side of Jungle Boy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, he's, <laughs> I I just like how. They they're they're talking about how you know he doesn't stay say any words and then he still doesn't say any words. And uh he what did he say? Uh you talk too much and then they just started scrapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that that's that's good shit. What what I thought was kind of mo- most surprising about this is Jungle Boy's a big dude. Like he didn't look <laughs> small beside Kenny, and I was really expecting that. Wow. Let's think about Jungle Boy two years ago. Double or nothing. Yeah, yeah. He was like Dean Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> We're not gonna right. take it. You know, uh, skinny with the yeah frizzy hair. Yeah, no, for sure. But he's definitely been working out. He's put on a lot of pounds. Um, he still looks like his dad though. Even when he was coming out, in the and there's a tight shot to his face, and he just it was it was just Dylan. He's just whoa. <laughs> you talking about me, Deborah? No, what's her name? Brenda? Brenda. Yeah. Brenda. <laughs> I said that way too fast. <laughs> I've never seen the show. <laughs> what show? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was trying to trick you into saying yeah. 90210. Oh, um, so yeah, no, good stuff from uh, from Jungle Boy. Uh, I'm excited for this match. I can't wait to see it. I think Jungle Boy is going to... He's going to have a really good showing. It's going to be acrobatic. Kenny 
Kenny's been Kenny in AEW so far has really been trying to I don't want to say prove, but he's really been showing that he can wrestle. And then even with the stuff with John Moxley, really showing that you know, I can take a table spot, I can take tacks, I can take barbed wire, all this stuff. He hasn't really had that opponent. He, even his match against Ray Phoenix was very wrestling, wrestling oriented. I think with Jungle Boy in there, he can get back to some really acrobatic stuff. I think we're going to see a lot of flips and it's going to be the opposite of FTRs, basically what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I'm just, uh, we're probably not going to see any power moves from Jungle Boy. Right. That's probably the only element, like, I, I don't know. And thus, unless this is where we, we see what kind of strength Jungle Boy actually has. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, we check out a pre-recorded segment with Mark Sterling and Jade Cargill. This was, uh, this was an interesting spot. This is exactly what I wanted out of these two. This is exactly what I wanted out of Jade Cargill. After this segment was over, I was like, that was perfect. That was exactly what needed to happen. Loved it. Yeah. And I, and now I want to see a match. Like, right. It's we, time for a match. We had like, I want to say three weeks of segments out of these two. Let's get a match going. Yeah, for sure. Um, that leads us right into Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page's rebuttal. I, I suppose you can say to Darby Allen accepting the handicap match. Uh, I like this out of these two very confident. They're like, Hey, if this is what you want, this is what you want. And, and, you know, we're going to give it to you. And, uh, the only thing is, uh, I don't know. Page, Page came off a little, um, what would be the word? Disgenuine. Is that, is that the right way to say that? He, it, he, looked like he was acting i guess is what i'm trying to say oh he wasn't in promo mode yeah i don't know it just he was trying too hard oh, we, okay. we, we've said we're sky is just natural like he's just in it yeah you know he's just like he's <laughs> you ever notice he's he does the old right Hogan. he's yeah. like cupping his hands and shit <laughs> like that <laughs> i didn't really notice that until i was like thinking back i'm like yeah he was just Oh yeah, he was doing that. That's hilarious. <laughs> and all I noticed was he was only wearing one watch. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were two watches there, bud. Yeah. Yeah, so good stuff coming out of Sky and Paige. This leads us into another matchup as Lance Archer absolutely runs through Chandler Hopkins. Have you seen this Chandler Hopkins before? Has he been on Dark or something? I have not seen him before, and um, I'm, I guess you could call this a match. <laughs> It was a blink and you miss it type match, to say the least. Yeah, like this was um, <coughs> this was uh, when Braun Strowman went went single, and it was just job right. for days. Yeah, um, and this is good though because we mentioned how they've been kind of burying Lance Archer, you know, the last year basically. They build him up for a little while and then he gets into a title picture, but it makes more sense for whoever the champion is at that time to keep going. So then he gets buried. So I like this, that he just comes out and just absolutely destroys a, a nobody 
And uh, the best part of this is that he he sped walked in, he beat the shit out of the guy, and he sped walked out. He didn't get his hand raised. He didn't look in the camera. He didn't even acknowledge Jake. And Jake just kind of. All right. I don't know why Jake's all of a sudden from California, but. Yeah, like he was almost through that tunnel before Justin even announced he was the winner. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, it was really good. It was really good to see. When we come back for when we come out of this match, we get right into a backstage quick little promo with the wingman. Now, we've talked about segments that don't need to be on dynamite. This is exhibit A. And now I understand that it's involving, you know, one of the main event guys being Orange Cassidy, but the wingmen, do they really deserve a a dynamite segment here leading into you know as we as we're getting into the the last half hour of the show i don't know well you know what tony listens to the show he heard our confusion whether we actually heard this wingman thing if it was a truth or not right this is the confirmation that they are the wingman i still don't get how they can all be that but um i don't know what do you think about the the next step for orange cassidy is a program with the wingmen i mean unless they're just going to use the wingmen for orange cassidy to just burn through but again that can happen on dark that doesn't need to be on dynamite i don't like this spot yeah, it was a filler. It was definitely filler, but nonsense filler. I don't know. Are they just trying to get Namath over? Like, because he, like, Namath is the leader of this group. It's not Peter Avalon, which surprises me. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, Tony watches BTE and. Right. Namath has a his own segment on there now. He's is, got acting credits. Have you have you heard his acting credits? Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is is funny. He's got this fake Oscar that he carries around that uh, says "Best Son" on it, and uh, Chucky called him on it. He's like, "Hey, what's your what's your trophy say? Does that say best son?" I totally wanted Chucky to say, you should probably give that to Trent or something like that. <laughs> Why do you have that? But yeah, missed opportunity. Um, I mean, you gotta, you gotta give it up to Brett Favre for, you know, making it in the wrestling business after his NFL career as part of the wingman. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is a fat Brett Favre. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. They, they sure got him in different clothes now, eh? I guess so. I guess his gimmick's done. His, uh, what was it? The common man kind of? Yeah. He's wearing plaid shirts and shit. But yeah, no, that guy's Brett Favre. That's, yeah, I can't unsee it. <laughs> no, uh, I can't. N- <laughs> Nyla Rose versus Layla Hirsch. We haven't seen Layla Hirsch in a while. Uh, You know, we don't pay too much attention to Dark and Elevation, but she is number five in the power rankings. 
Uh, it was good to see her on Dynamite again. She kind of runs into a brick wall, Nyla Rose. I liked this match uh, for what it needed to do, you know, to get Nyla over. She's, I'm assuming Nyla's next in line to t- to go after Britt with the way the burger segment went and stuff like that. So let's get Nyla back on Dynamite. Let's give her, um, no pun intended, a legitimate opponent in Layla Hirsch and uh it was a good it was a good match it, it went a little bit longer than I, I thought it might but that just helps you know get keep Layla over I guess yeah yeah uh, I mean it was a really good start to the match we had that commercial break I kind of lost it from there yeah and then um and then the ending was pretty good I like how Vicky gets involved um, th- this is what Nyla needs to be, and hopefully they they keep it going. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Nyla Rose gets the win, of course, and uh, you know, raising her stocks with every with every appearance she has. Uh, Tony Schiavone goes backstage with Britt Baker. Uh, she's referencing the uh, you know Nyla ruining the burger celebration. What'd you think of this spot from Britt? Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was good. I actually don't even remember it. I don't much. remember it either. That's why I threw it to you. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I was a little bit confused about how Tony was, you know, backstage again. Whenever <laughs> he does this thing with Britt, he's always, you know, somewhere else, and I, I always think that's so goofy. Yeah. Um. Well, let's 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 concentrate on that then. Because we know, you know, although we didn't remember what Brett said, we know it was probably gold. But let's talk about Tony. You know the continuity of Tony's position in the in the in the thing. Like, where's Alex Marvez? I haven't seen him in a while. At least I don't remember. And we got Alexi Nair. Where's she? She we 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 used to see her on Dynamites doing these backstage interviews. If you guys need a a person to stand in the back to wear a jacket and hold the microphone, like I'm available, just fly me out, ready to go. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can be a mic stand, sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then that's all it needs to be. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to speculate into, you know. I mean, I get why it's Tony with Brid because they have that thing, right? But but then format your be, show back better. Yeah, it could be. They can be better, yeah. It definitely could. Uh, from there, we get into our main event of the evening. Brian Cage and Powerhouse Hobbs taking on Hangman Adam Page and 10 was his choice of the Dark Order for his tag team partner. We were both right on that one. We were both putting our money on 10. Um, this was a good match. It doesn't compare to you know the Young Bucks and uh, Death Triangle as we saw earlier in the night, but this was this was what we've been waiting for. Team Taz finally did something, right? You know, great match. It was back and forth. It was hard hitting. 10 really impressed me in this match, but I think that eventually gets overshadowed by by what we see with Ricky coming out during the commercial break. And then eventually we see the the... We see the double or nothing spot where he throws the belt in and 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 encourages Cage to cheat, 
He doesn't want to. He throws it back. And then, you know, Ricky gets in Cage's face and Cage chases him down the tunnel. And Taz is absolutely losing his mind on on commentary. This is this is what we've been waiting for. Something finally broke in, in Team Taz. Yeah, and all I'm just wishing is I hope they progress it. And next week we don't see a backstage interview with the four of them and, and whatnot. <clears throat> um, this was a meaty match. And by media, I mean, th- this is probably the 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 match where we have like the biggest competitors. Like right. all of them are massive. Um, you know, it's big when Hangman's like the tiny guy right. in the match. <laughs> um, so it it was that kind of match. Like I mean, we weren't seeing Young Bucks. There was no topes. There was no uh, right. You know, besides Hangman doing the backflip, uh, really any high spots. And, um, yeah, this match was really just all about hopefully the breakup of Team Taz. And then, yeah, we're destined uh, fighting for the Fallen, Taz versus Brian Cage. Yeah, it's um, this is what needs to happen next week. We need to see the segment with all four, but... It needs to be the other three confronting Cage. Cage can't be on the same side as them, right? And Cage needs to, you know, vocally say, I'm done with your guys' shit. You're, you know, you're ruining my place in this company, like whatever he needs to say. And then, yeah, then we get into building a story between Cage and Ricky, Cajun Hobbs, Cajun Taz. Um, I I want I want Cage to do something to the FTW t- championship. I want him to I don't know, smash it, shit on it. I don't know. He needs to do something to it, but the way he threw it back does it make sense if he's holding it when they have this confrontation? Do you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Um, I, I think what I think what would be best is he doesn't have it. Taz has it, and says, "I gave this to you because you know I believed in you, and you had the heart of the FTW champion, and I believed in you, and all this stuff, and." Cage just looks Taz in the eyes and says, Fugazi. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a real championship, Taz. Like, you know, ah, that would just, I would pop so hard. Cage would be my new favorite wrestler. Yeah, his stock would rise. Tremendously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hangman and 10 do get the win with the buckshot lariat. One, two, three. Dark Order come out. They all have beers on the stage. Cabana and Negative One having a bottle of water. Uh, I thought that was cute. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a good way to end the show. Um, <laughs> this is just funny. There's been times on the podcast where I'll say, you know, I wasn't really into this show. Or no, sorry, I'll say, oh, we had a great show of Dynamite this week. And then we get into the review and then all I do is shit on it. I feel like today was the opposite where I started off saying, this episode was, eh, it was so-so, it was whatever. But then I ended up enjoying like four <laughs> really good spots in the, in the show. But 
yeah, no, it was a good one this week. I suppose you can say I, I don't know. I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's late too. Uh, yeah, it's it, super late. It's uh, we haven't we haven't ever done this this late before. But um, yeah, birthday edition of the podcast. Uh, pretty good show. Lots going on in sports, and um, yeah, looking forward to. Uh, a good summer of wrestling. Uh, we, you know, we got fight for the fallen coming, um, back got, on the road, back on the road. Yeah. That's going to be good. Fighter fest two night special fighter fest. That'll be fun. Lots to look forward to. Uh, thanks for listening this week. You guys, uh, make sure you're subscribed, Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcast, leave us those five star ratings, all that good stuff. And Viva Italia. Is that what they say? I don't know. It sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll catch you all next week. Peace. Hey.